are now sitting at the wave table. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode two of the Wavetable podcast. This episode is featuring Schizoid. He produces some brutal dubstep, but uh, his recent tune, Trenched, is an absolute banger of a tear-out DNB-style tune influenced by some brutal bass design. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for the intro. Um, yeah, as Ben said, my name's Schizoid, um, aka Matt. Um, and yeah, I just like to uh, produce, as Ben said, heavy heavy dubstep, tear out and whatnot. But um, yeah, looking forward to talking production and uh, yeah, let's get into it. Hell yeah. So what, what exactly inspired you to make that most recent track, Trenched? Um, I'd say... It would be Midnight Tyrannosaurus. Um, he's produced a couple of tunes at like 175 that just, I don't know, they just hit completely different to everything else as Midnight Tyrannosaurus tends to do. But, um, and then, yeah, I've been recently listening to a lot of Head X and um, those classic sort of jump up drum bass artists, Mackie G and whatnot. But, um, yeah, other than that, it was sort of just an idea that me and my mate came up with one night. Um, like, oh, we should, you know, that heavy tear out bass, but at, you know, 175. And we're like, yes, like, let's let's do it. And Trenched Up was born, or Trenched. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a sick combo, man. It's like everything I've ever wanted out of the combination of drum and bass and dubstep. I think, uh, to oh. be honest, I was trying to do stuff like that a while ago, but like, before I had anywhere near the skills to be able to pull it off. So I'm glad someone <laughs> did it well. Oh, I appreciate it, man. Hopefully um, I need to sort of send it around a bit more to um, yeah. sort of just get it into more ears as, as you do, as you how, always do. But How um, many plays has it hit so far roundabouts? Um, I think it's only just coming on to the uh, 200 mark, but wow. in terms of the uh, like to play um, ratio and interaction engagement was, you know, almost banking at like 50 to 60%, yeah. which is pretty, um, pretty unreal in terms of consistent engagement, which was uh, really cool. But it's interesting because it was a drum and bass slash jump up um, track I sort of have never had to market that kind of track, so it's a completely different audience. But and and in saying that, it was more an experimental um, tune. So finding my footing in terms of marketing has been interesting, to say the least. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was hearing that DNB is kind of making a comeback this year, but I haven't really seen the outcome of that. Have you been following that at all? Oh. Uh, See, it, it's interesting because I come from that old school um, day of uh, like noisier drum and bass and just a lot of that older stuff, which I don't know. I personally don't know who to listen to these days yeah. for it. So um, in terms of like my local scene, um, before COVID, it was starting to get quite a big um, rise in terms of just events and, and participation in those events, which has been interesting, but yeah as, as a scene i don't really i haven't seen too much fluctuation yet hopefully it picks up <laughs> well like i guess maybe covid just kind of fucked it over but ho hopefully <laughs> it comes back up again once covid kind of goes away yeah much. 
Well, I know in um in the UK, drum bass is massive. Um, you know, through people I know over there, they've said that the the drum bass scene over there is just you know, and, and that's where a lot of the the greats of drum and bass do seem to be coming from or even just the heavy hitters now um so hopefully yeah we get some new new talent coming up from other places to to bring the scene and the genre a bit more hype yeah i really miss uh hearing drum and bass stuff um so yeah what what kind of synths do you use like is it pretty much just serum or do you mess around with phase plant and other stuff or um I'd have to say I'm more of a an audio man myself. Oh, really? um, okay, I do cool. I do a lot of my original sound design in um yeah, synthesizer, mainly serum, of course, but uh been using a lot of phase plant and I need to get massive again. Um but yeah, after I get a core sound through those, I tend to uh resample into audio because it just it just has so much more application for me personally. Like I'm sure there's um you know, sometimes I'll even take my resample and put it back into the wavetable oscillator in Serum yeah. and go from and just do stuff like that. I find the scene's been so um, busy with sound design, you know, and everyone's stepped up their game so much in the last couple of years. And to be honest, the, the scene's kind of just a sound design pissing contest at the <laughs> moment. So it's it's my way of trying to keep up with things. You're just experimenting and, and audio because you can see exactly when it's uh, happening too. I find MIDI gives you a lot of un- unhearable um, delay in, yeah. in, and some different transients come through. So I like to get to audio and just see exactly when the sound is playing its sound and when it's not. Yeah, I think MIDI can be quite deceiving because a lot of the times I'll be hearing like all these tails and I'll want to chop them out and I'll have to go through like every single track, chuck a utility on there, automate the volume to zero and shit. But it's just like if, yeah. if that's all just audio, you can just see it and then fade it out and easy done. Yeah, that's right. And I think it gives you a bit more... Um control over the sound you know like instead of changing lfo shapes and envelopes you can just sort of work with the fading and whatnot to get a completely sort of different tonality or even just uh envelope almost from you know fade modulation and whatnot yeah and um was it uh beat mode in the warp warp modes is amazing because a lot of times people will be like oh i need a transient designer to make this sound give it more attack but if you just chuck on beat mode and then whatever the one arrow option is <laughs> and just yeah. lower it it just like yeah the attack is just so fucking nice and and that whole um audio warp processing um that ableton has like all, all of the modes i tend to actually play with yeah. maybe repitch not so much but texture <laughs> and tones they just they just have these really cool tonalities that they bring out and you know like some of the gnarliest sustains are made out of like some crazy delayed processed audio sample that just drags out and it just you know so that's why i tend to uh, work in audio myself as well because ableton's processing of audio just has like i'm not too sure if fruity loops has the same compatibility um but yeah that's personally why i use a lot of why i use ableton I think Fruity Loops has definitely stepped it up, but I, I don't think it's as easy 
as it is in Ableton. And speaking of texture mode, if anyone ever wants some like really cool alien sounding vocals, just try texture yeah. mode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great for um our vocals as well, which is uh always nice to play with. So um yeah, so your bases. So I guess the start of it would be synthesize something and then turn it into audio. Um, but then mixing them, I was wondering what you do to get them to sound so fucking thick. <laughs> well, I suppose after um, the core sound is there, then a lot of post-processing um, to bring out those those real different and sort of warm characters, which just tend, out, tend to fill out that spectrum. And then generally, um, I'll actually duplicate the channel and have them hitting on the two different octaves and just EQ the frequencies into each other. But with, with my mix down, I tend to, um, you know, I don't do much mastering on my tracks. My, my mix down tends to be my master and I generally just go with my ear, just what sounds good. Um, you know, I find that that's just always the, the best way to gauge something in terms of a mix is like, all right, well, when I listen to this, you know, is is something sounding really out is something super loud and and yeah i just keep it super basic because you know when, when i first started producing there was a lot of talk of how you know mix down and mastering are these two big walls that you really have to overcome and to be honest i think people overcomplicate it a little bit yeah in like they, they build it up and then people do go oh my god you know it's this massive thing and it's like no just just use your ears and and you know maybe a second opinion will always help because um, of listener's ear and whatnot. But, you know, just rely on your own ears. And if it sounds clean and fat, then it's probably clean and fat, you know? <laughs> yeah. I remember uh, I, I pretty much fell victim to that. Like, I was on a bunch of Reddit servers and Discord servers and all that shit. Just producers talking about how complicated mixing and mastering is. Like, you need to have serial compression, these different limiters set to <laughs> all different attack times and shit and then yeah at the end of the day my fucking mastering chain now is just like a soft limiter and uh, a soft clipper and then a limiter like yeah man. <laughs> yeah me, me too i just throw it into a, a hard clip or a soft clip and i just mix to ear but um because i throw it on at the start but yeah. it's interesting because in dubstep you know you go back to 2012 13 era when you look at a waveform it's not just this big fat rectangle and I think, to be honest, like, I was such a purist when I first started and I was like, no, like, you know, there's no dynamics. There's just, like so many, you know, frequencies that are getting mudded out. You know, it's, it's, if you can see the waveform, it's, it's probably nice and clean. And over the years, it's just become this cheesed out, you know, people like it loud and I, it sounds good loud. So if you can't yeah. beat them, join them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that it's still possible to have it clean and loud at the same time. Like with with the whole dubstep thing, it's it kind of needs to have that loudness to also have the grit that goes with dubstep. Because yeah, whenever you use a, a, a preset from a preset pack, it just sounds too clean, right? And then, yeah. um, so if you if you don't do that loudness on your master chain your whole tune just kind of sounds like a preset tune in a way. Yeah. And in this day and age, that's like, you know, a big no, no, like presets are there and samples are there for people to 
do exactly what they're, they're supposed to do, you know, like you write a track with them. But like I was saying before, the whole sound design pissing contest has turned it into these this purest form where it's like, do not touch like anyone else's sounds, you know, which in, in some sense I can appreciate because, you know, you sink a lot of time into into that, that sound and then someone just sort of uses the same thing. But it's, I don't know, people are very down the middle with that. It's very black and white. Yeah, it's a hard thing to kind of grasp, I guess. But I, I just, I think taking inspiration from the individual sounds within songs is fine. But then trying to replicate someone's entire style, like not only is it like ripping them off, it's also just probably not going to get you anywhere because you're doing what's already been done rather than pushing the boundaries yeah definitely i think um it's funny like some people take quite a big insult to like oh this sounds like you know tramper or this sounds like mastodon and or you know marauder and i i feel like you know it's it's a very hard thing to to gauge what you know the underlying um you know meaning behind that is is you know is it like oh crap am i on on this person's level or am i you know ripping their stuff <laughs> and am I going to be a knockoff of, of, you know, Mastodon or whatever. So, but, you know, with, with how much accessibility there is to these heavy hitting synthesizers, you know, everyone's got the same tools at their disposal now. So it's, you know, the, the possibilities, while endless, are also very oversaturated now, which is why I think there's this new thirst for a new synthesizer like Phaseplant to, to really change things, which is going to be really exciting once it really becomes the main tool for everyone to use yeah i um see the thing is i was thinking that when it first came out but then since it came out i've been doing a lot of more more post-processing and more audio processing so i feel like the synth doesn't matter as much as a lot of people think it does um like i was watching the code pandora must or artist workshop on defire and mm-hmm. he he used like one or two wavetables in phase plant, but then like the rest of it was just sine waves and then filters and distortion. Like and phase plant doesn't even have that many filter options. Like the filters aren't anywhere near as crazy as Serum. Yeah, definitely. And and I think there's still that clean functionality of um serum that phase plant doesn't have like their lfos and stuff like you can't like if the the lfo um envelopes open you can't even hear the sound like you have to you can't manipulate that seamlessly and it's very um you know when, when you do use an lfo on serum it it's very in time and very easy to see when it starts and when it's finished but yeah. on phase plant i just i feel like it doesn't have that crisp concise like i don't know coding i guess to just really be that clean but in, in that sense um synthesizing or synthesis design is no easy field i don't know anything yeah. about it so <laughs> <laughs> to be fair they've done well i think the just the ui could be a bit nicer and a bit more sleek i guess yeah definitely but you know i'm, I'm sure in time they'll do some overhauls and and become a staple in the market i think yeah. they already are I mean, that definitely their other plugins are for sure. Like, their other plugins yeah, are massive. Their their disperser is hell like, yeah. I use that in every track. It's it's such a good plugin. Um, 
But yeah, uh, so talking of plugins, have you updated Serum to the latest version? Um, I actually probably should check my <laughs> updates on Serum because I kind of just open and go. Um, right. I, yeah, probably haven't seen the new update. How long ago did it come uh, out? I think a week or two. I was just going to bring up the fact that you can automate the points on LFOs now. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, fucking wow. sick. <laughs> I'm going to have to suss that straight after <laughs> this. <laughs> yeah, no, that's sick. Yeah. Um. So, and uh, this is like my last question about your track. We kind of got away from your track, but I just want to go back to ah. it just for this one. Um. Whenever I hear breaks... Like obviously any DNB tune, but also dubstep with breaks and stuff. I always wonder. It's kind of like the age-old what side chaining method do you use question. Um, but this is uh, your breaks. Did you program them or sample them? Um, with my breaks, because I use a lot of um, buses in. So I I have a bus for my tops and all of that. And generally, with a lot of my breaks. I'll have no side chaining at all and I'll just have like toms and whatnot just mixed to taste and um, generally, yeah, they are just um, a lot of samples just thrown in like small toms, small snares and hi-hats um, because <laughs> using contact software for drums <laughs> is expensive. <laughs> so yeah, unfortunately, sure. that's, you know, but I, I'd love to get into um, contact and get some, you know, drum samplers that are, are really acoustic and real um and do some really unique fills but right now i'm sort of stuck with just audio old samples from splice and crate digging to find something fresh but um i, I try and avoid like pre-done samples as much as i can like full fills because they generally are just the the generic pattern that yeah was done two years ago so <laughs> finding um I, I think it's my uh, my track peculiar actually has some really sort of I don't know, just clean, acoustic, organic-sounding fills, which, you know, I, I personally took spent a lot of time on. And, yeah, drums, are, are, I think, are a bit underestimated in dubstep. Like, yeah. They, um, like, not, not just the kick and the snare, but, yeah. you know, just the little acoustic percussions that you can add just to make it a bit more organic. Yeah, it's really nice to have just some organic drums every now and then um, at like the end of a phrase or something to break things up a bit. Um, I know obviously phase one, it's metal drums, but he uses drums a lot in his tunes to break things up and it's it's really nice. Oh, he's he's definitely probably one of the best in terms of drum drum work in my Hell opinion. Hell yeah! <laughs> I uh, yeah, I've got a long way to go to try and even get close <laughs> to what that man can do. <laughs> uh, I think for me, I've always uh, struggled with kind of programming organic drum fills just because there's so many samples out there for breaks and stuff. Um, and yeah. I guess the reason I got into bass design is because everyone was like yo you have to come up with like the new sounds you have to make new bases you can't make you can't just use presets and shit but uh no one was ever like 
oh, you can't use break samples. That's like everyone just uses break samples. Yep. So I, I never felt the need to program them. And it just it just takes a long time to really learn how to make it feel natural, I guess. Um, yeah, so I really it's... respect you for like putting in the time to learn how to do that. Oh, I, I think um, I still have a long, long way to go. But in, in the same sense, it's nice to uh, hear that it's... it's I guess in, in some senses too, like if you've done a good enough job, like people will probably not be able to tell the difference. So it's more of that personal sort of win where it's like, yeah, like that's that's my programming and that's my, um, you know, sound, my design of these, these sounds that I've made myself. Um, you know, that's more of a personal gratification, but yeah, long way to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just makes you like more proud of your work. Um and then, so you said you wanted to like use more plug-in drums, but contact is really heavy on the the CPU and stuff. Have you ever thought about like superior drummer or anything like that? Um, I suppose, well, in the past I have thought about it, but that's something um, down the line because, you know, so far for me this year, my main goal is to be getting music that sort of is up to just the the general standard that everyone's at and to a point I, I had a bit of an epiphany a while ago where I was like I'm I feel I feel like I'm always trying to write music that other people will like and I think you can't approach it that way well to a degree like you need to be making music that you like because that's why we make music um and in that sense your own originality gets put into that track and people sort of flock to that originality which is um yeah hence why i've sort of been focusing on that aspect rather than more more of that technical side but down the line i think um that's probably my next move is to really hone in on my drum work now that my synthesis and and whatnot is where i want it to be now yeah getting the drums up cool um for anyone at home that wants to make drum fills and shit there's like there's plenty of non-contact um drum plugins like there's one i use called perfect drums it's really good for metal style of stuff and then easy drummer is just like a cheaper simpler version of superior drummer um and then there's obviously the contact stuff that matt was mentioning but contact is a bitch <laughs> yeah yeah, it's it's very expensive as well, but um, yeah. <laughs> I guess you get what you pay for. That's yeah. for sure. Because I, um, I have, you know, used them before, and they're really quality. So, what kind of stuff are you just listening to in general recently? I feel like people might be moving away from the rages at the moment because of Corona. <laughs> yeah, well, I think, um, like me personally, I've been listening to not not even dubstep as much lately like i still listen to a lot of stuff um as um i'm not sure if you know many people are aware but i i actually am vice president of dubwub's promotion so we have been releasing a lot of music also an upcoming release from yourself wink wink yeah. <laughs> and um you know we're really focusing on finding some new original music so i still listen to a lot of dub through that but i've been listening to a lot of you know, my own personal sort of taste in music, which is a lot of like Billy Joel, um, Green Day, just Blink, those old classics from back when, you know, you're a teenager and, and your parents' music, just because, <laughs> yeah, with um, 
corona and everything me, me personally i was very unaffected by corona so i that's good <laughs> had work every day and everything so my schedule didn't really change too much so i wasn't really moving away from um the heavy rages <laughs> too much <laughs> but, um i've also been getting down to a lot of lo-fi um oh yes yeah my uh, my mate or the boy odd cub he's been writing heaps of fucking sick lo-fi i Dude. think uh, everyone sh- everyone should go check him out <laughs> what, what was his name again uh odd cub odd cub check him out um yeah Dude, I didn't know this. I was listening to the Mr. Bill podcast like a week ago or something. And apparently there's lo-fi artists on Spotify that just get millions of plays and just make a living just from that. Like no one knows their name because they're just on Spotify mood playlists, but the amount of plays they get is just money. It's crazy. Well, I guess that's... um the perks of Spotify playlisting and I feel like lo-fi is very very listener friendly music like you know I feel like 90% of the people that hear a good lo-fi track are like yeah this is cool like even if they don't you know really fuck with EDM or anything just because it's hip-hop influenced but it's got that you know old sort of almost 80s swing vibe because of the the low fidelity of the vocals but um yeah, I, I wouldn't mind getting into some lo-fi as well, just getting on those mood playlists and racking up some plays. Yeah, <laughs> I've got one or two lo-fi tunes that I'm working on, but they're pretty low priority because I want to do my main stuff first. Um, yeah. So we, you kind of glossed over dub wubs. Do you want to like promote that and kind of let people know what it's all about and, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. So, um, um, my mate Kai, aka Terraform, um, he's probably, um, known by a few of the listeners. He's, um, been killing the game for a while now. We, he actually signed me for a release, um, our third release or his third release on Dubwubs. And, um, I actually put my, my hand up and said, Hey, do you want to, do you want a hand like running things? Cause you know, me personally from my, my work career i've done quite a bit of um business you know stuff in terms of just supply demand and logistics and business development whatnot so i applied a lot of that and yeah we're basically just looking for fresh artists who are just creating original music that they love and you know support and you can sort of feel a bit of emotion and just the hard work in so even though it's still dubstep you know you can tell when someone's taken the time on a track oh yeah for sure you know so it's it's been a very interesting experience because me personally i've been always very hesitant with giving feedback because it's like oh you know i've got you know 500 followers on soundcloud you know will my opinion really matter to you so much but when you're on the label side of things like you're the curator so you know, you sort of, when you do have to turn someone down, you know, it's it's been a very new side to the music industry for myself, which um, has taken some time to adjust to because, you know, I like to always be positive and, you know, try and give people good news, not bad news. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, we're basically just looking for people to bring us music and we'll release it, market it. And, you know, we've just moved into our Spotify and... Uh, we're going to be moving into Beatport. We're on iTunes, Apple Music, all the major services. Um, we've just done up contracts just to 
make sure everyone's on the same page and just legitimize everything. Um, and I'd say in about six months' time, we'll be really where we want to be and, and running and releasing a lot of really, really cool music. We've got some great music in the pipeline at the moment too, which, um, yeah, everyone should keep their eyes out for. So, Dub Wubs Promotions, DWP. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I saw Kai per- Kai's um, post on Facebook today. It definitely seems like you're on a good trajectory with the whole label. Yeah, we're banking on uh, 10,000 plays and we sort of started up around February, I think this year or February, March. Um, we just uh, released a track from uh, one of Brisbane's uh, big up-and-comers, Vector. Um, that raked in a 1,000 plays in a, in a couple of weeks. Um, nice. So, but yeah, me, me and Kai are still sort of learning that this side of the industry, which, you know, as an artist, you have some understanding and just common sense knowledge, but, you know, the technical side of things is a lot more in-depth. You know, there's a lot going on behind the scenes, which really has been eye-opening. Yeah. All the writing and organizing and other things that I can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, I think the big one's just consistent content because- right. You know, there's unlimited content out there for you to try and release, but there's so many other factors like, do you like the content? You know, is the content good? Does the content maker want to be on board with a release with us? So, um, with all of those, it's been it's been really good though hearing um, a lot of new artists who are you know on that ambitious streak where they're just trying to get music out there, and we've come across some really talented people. Um, speaking of content. You guys are on Insta, Facebook. Are you on Twitter and TikTok? Um, I believe our distribution doesn't reach to TikTok just yet. Me personally, I don't use TikTok at all. I, um, to be honest, I haven't really looked into it, so I'm probably sleeping. I don't know. <laughs> it is a popular app, but um, yeah. In terms of yeah, Instagram, Facebook, we've we've just started getting on with Twitter too, like. I don't know. I think it might be an Australian thing, but like, I don't know anyone who uses Twitter in my sort of personal yeah, friends group. It's like, not that popular here. Yeah, but unfortunately, like, it is a a whole another world of the the scene that is untapped if you if you're not on it. But yeah, I've never found the platform that engaging or anything. But um, apparently, it's a place to be. Yeah, I think um. Just as, as a Gary V viewer, I feel like I have to just kind of tell everyone to, if you have the opportunity to make a free account on a social media platform and post content there for free, it doesn't hurt to do it. Like, even if it's just the same thing as you're posting on Insta and Facebook, it's still just free opportunity for fans and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a good way to think. <laughs> so, um, how do you normally go about starting a track oh that's that's <laughs> an interesting question um to be honest it's sometimes i i work on just like some basic sound design um it really depends on on like where i'm at but i suppose i'll start with a bass sound and just sort of that'll just set the overtone for the rest of the track you know and a lot of the times I'll rewrite the drop over and over, but um, yeah, sometimes I'll go in with a theme or a, a vocal sample 
already because I've heard it on some show or something. I'm like, oh, that's sick. And then oh, I throw yeah. it into Ableton <laughs> and go from there. Um, I'm trying to sort of move into remixing a bit more and expanding on other people's ideas because it's sort of a different avenue I haven't really... It's a new realm I haven't really delved into. Which Are you is, doing any of those Disciple remixes? Uh, yes, I actually just finished a um, yeah. No Mercy remix, Dirty Phonics. Dope. So um, I'm really excited about that one, actually. I, um, I've put a lot of time into it, and I haven't heard too many No Mercy remixes either. Everyone's remixing Ball Liquor. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, really? Ball Liquor? I thought... Yeah, Mur- Murder's track Ball Liquor. I have seen probably at least 10 to 20 just like organically come up in my Fuck. feed. Of- yeah, it's crazy. I, I strategically chose to remix that one because it had one of the lowest play counts. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's a good tactic. Yeah, yeah no, like he- Heavy Kill. Um, I heard another one today by Decay, I think um, his name was, and it was poor. Yeah, that's a, a very heavy hitting tune. But it's it's interesting, this remix, because it's very public and it's got a lot to do with how much traffic and stuff you get on it, which you know, is kind of daunting in a sense. Oh, is it, um, is it one of those where the more plays you get and stuff, the higher chance you have of winning? I, I think so. Like it's your submission is public and yeah, like the, the rules say, you know, share it, share it around. And um, even though the original artist, you know, decides whose it is, um, there's still that marketing side. Cause I think Disciple, you know, obviously doing what they can to gain, more reach for their own content right. which is yeah but um i'm excited to yeah put that one out i'll probably be putting that out this week sometime sick yeah i should finish mine off as well as soon as possible if uh oh, if plays have I, anything to do with it <laughs> yeah oh I, I don't think it's um plays too much because someone you know had like five or ten thousand plays on a track but like no engagement because they've just you know Obviously right. sent it in for a, a play or whatever on, you know, ten thousand plays for okay. five, ten bucks. But I don't I don't think it's too um focused on that, but I think it's just their way of like, okay, everyone gets some following. Even though you don't even if you don't win, you've sort of, you know, released a track and gotten a bit of a following. So I think it's pretty cool what they're doing. Well, if uh, if if engagement might help a bit, then I might have to go and do the thing I was doing when I first spoke to you, which, uh, so I joined Defier Society near the start of this year ish, and you were part of it. Uh, are you still part of Defier? Yeah, yeah, I'm still floating around in there. Nope. I, I don't utilize it as much as I should. Yeah, same. Like, I really need to get into the feedback streams. Um, yeah. But yeah, how I found you was I was just like, literally going through the member list of the defier group and messaging every single person and like oh really yeah i was just like trying to make friends with as many people in defier as i could and like try to provide value to them by giving feedback or following them and whatever uh so i think that might be a good way to get some engagement on my remix and have it look good for the disciple competition because when i was doing that um 
there was one or two tracks that I was sending to people because we'll just like exchange tracks, give feedback, give follows, etc. And then those yeah. two tracks ended up with a bunch more comments than the rest of my tracks. So if anyone out there is just looking for free engagement, free comments, just pretty much just talk to producers and make friends with them. And yeah. Yeah, it's I, I should definitely take that advice on board, but I'm very weird on social media like i i'm not the biggest user of it like i i use it to market my stuff but um i'm i'm, I'm a lurker as they say <laughs> i don't yeah i should reach out to more people because i've met you know some really really amazing people through music and they reached out to me so i probably should definitely take a page from your book and just start messaging people yeah i'm like i'm definitely a lurker by nature myself but then kind of just that branding marketing gear in my brain turned and it was just like all right fuck fuck my natural state like i need to need to do this <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so yeah i think that that's pretty much gonna wrap us up is there anything that you would like to mention or shout out before we finish um my only other shout out would have been DWP. Like, um, and again, if anyone's chasing any, um, anyone to sort of just release their music and or even a bit of feedback or whatever, um, be sure to give us a message. Um, our email or whatever is all over our socials. Um, and obviously, check out Schizoid. Um, Hell yeah. I've got a whole bunch of new music. I've actually got a showcase mix of about 15 or 16 new originals that I haven't really shared before. So, yeah, I'm going to drop that and, um, yeah, and then we're probably going to... I've been pushing that back just with everything that's going on in the world, um, keeping keeping my socials just quiet. Um, but I don't know. It's it's also... I um, struggle with content. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, definitely keep an eye out for that. And, um, yeah, other than that, thanks for having me. There, thanks for coming on, man. It's a pleasure talking yeah. to you. Yeah, likewise, man. <laughs> All right, thanks for viewing. Uh, th fuck. <laughs> thanks for watching, guys. Uh, that was the Wavetable episode two. Looking forward to hearing your feedback, and I'll see you next week. Peace.